Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, December the 4th, 2023. It is the uh, Monday of the first week of Advent. Today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion approached him and appealed to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion said in reply, Lord, I am not worthy to have you under my, enter under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man subject to authority, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come here, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Amen, I say to you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. So, a couple different themes that are very important in this reading here today. One is the confidence, the confidence of this man, the centurion. Another thing that goes with that is that he is a Gentile. So our Lord has come not just to save the Jews, although he's come as a Jew. The Jews are the chosen people, but it's for the whole world. Even in the Old Testament, the salvation that is given through Yahweh is for the whole world. It eventually will point to the whole world. We see uh, predictions of that. And there are even people of other nations that do also become Jewish. They become circumcised to indicate that they uh, wish to be part of the chosen people. Uh, so on the one hand, Jesus is noting the faith of this man being very strong because, well, he doesn't have the background that everybody else has. He is going through his own personal conversion and Jesus is just pointing out, look at the faith of this man. He, doesn't, he hasn't been given all that the rest of us have been given as the Jews, as the chosen people. And yet, look at how strong his faith is. Another thing, though, that I wanted to focus on here is authority. Jesus loves when people recognize authority. Jesus loves authority. Our faith is all about authority. We, our church is a hierarchy. It's not a democracy. It's, uh, I'm trying to guard my tongue here with just different things going on. I mean, around the time of Vatican II, there, and, and really ever since then, there was a lot of arguing back and forth over what is the true nature of the church. And some have been saying in the past few decades, it is a concilium, meaning it's like a worldly kind of a business and we need lots of committees and mission statements and voting and, uh, you know, running, running it like a secular business. But Pope John Paul throughout his papacy and, uh, Pope Benedict and, you know, the whole time he was uh, working under Pope John Paul as Cardinal Ratzinger, they constantly emphasized the word communio. Communio essentially means family, but it's God's family. And it's a family with authority, but it's a loving authority. It's not an authority to be lorded over others. It's an authority to, um, 
to save others, to help others, to, to respect others. So Jesus loves this. Why? Because first of all, his father is the ultimate authority. And he wants us to love his father. He loves his father indefinitely. But also he wants us to recognize his own authority. And he wants us to follow him in trust. And that's what this centurion is doing. The centurion is spelling it out. Well, I know all about this stuff. Because we go here, we say this, we do that. He's talking about his own authority. And Jesus is amazed by it. Because... What happens among the Jewish people is the same thing that happens in the church today, and that is we don't like what a leader does. We don't like what a person does here and there, and then we throw out the baby with the bathwater. We deny them their authority. And, you know, there are times when our leaders are wrong. There are times, of course, right outside my window, there's something beeping right now. Sorry about that. But (laughs) I don't know what that is. But yes, sometimes people abuse their authority, which is why Jesus gets mad, very mad at the Pharisees, at the Jewish leaders. And he says, do what they say, but not what they do. He still recognizes their authority and the legitimacy of it. And that's why he gets so angry, because these men represent God. They represent the Father, and yet they're doing it poorly. They're doing it in a self-centered way with bad leadership. So this whole theme of authority, it's very, very important. It's a big theme. Um, We are in a spiritual battle and the devil recognizes authority. The devil will attack us in every possible way, but we can drive him out if we have the authority. So for example, if you're in the state of grace, you have authority over Satan in, you know, your own life. You can command him to be gone. We always want to use the right words, though. Always use the name of Jesus. Always, uh, you know, the word deliver is a good word. Calling on his precious blood is a good thing to do. Calling on the name of Mary. Um, But also we've been given authority over those uh, placed under our care. Whether we're talking about family members, you know, there's blessings and curses that are most powerful when they're happening from, you know, a father or mother to a child or grandparents to grandchildren. I know of a situation where a great grandmother cursed her great granddaughters and they had all these problems afterward. And she also cursed her son. See, so that's the, the warped um, alternative, you know, of, you know, abusing that authority. Whereas we are given authority for love, for salvation. Adam and Eve misused the authority. It's why we all have original sin, because they had authority over the entire human race, and they chose to sin. But parents have that authority to reverse that on behalf of their children by having them baptized as babies. And priests have authority over their flock, so they can consecrate them, consecrate them to Jesus through Mary, bless them, pray for them. There's an authority there and it's powerful against the evil one. Teachers over their students. There's an authority there given by almighty God and God recognizes these things. Um, there are a lot of examples (laughs) of poor use of authority, but also good use of authority in this day and age. We, we struggle 
with uh, lots and lots of corruption, corruption in the church, corruption in secular society, people misusing their authority, and it leaves people very confused. Our people right now are like sheep without a shepherd. Everybody's joining different camps. Well, I believe this and I don't believe that. And, you know, I talk to different people and, and the thing is they, people are so jaded right now. I mean, Pope John Paul talked about the father wound. They, the father for so many people living today, the authority of the father in the family was abused, whether through neglect, whether through abuse whether through just not being a good spiritual leader, not taking children to church, not teaching them about the Lord and, and helping them to get to salvation. Sometimes the mother wound is abused as well. And with abortion, you know, that's a huge wound now that, you know, parents are given authority over that baby in the womb. And then they uh, use that authority to kill the baby and snuff out that life. So there's a lot of people right now that will say, oh, I'm Catholic, but I don't follow the Pope. Or I'm Catholic, but I don't follow my bishop. Or I'm Catholic, but I don't believe there's been a valid pope in 50 years. Or I, you know, all these different things. I'm Catholic, but I don't follow Vatican II. Well, a lot of people don't even know what Vatican II said. I, I recommend every single person listening to me right now, read the Vatican II documents. They're beautiful documents. Just read them. I mean, it's true. After Vatican II, there was chaos. But that's largely because people didn't read the documents. People didn't follow the documents. The documents are great. And they don't veer away from church teaching. The catechism helps to keep us on track. And you know, when it comes to authority, just as Jesus was saying with the Pharisees, and just as we could say with our religious leaders right now, truth is always um, of greater authority than the person. In other words, um, if we should have a religious leader that goes against the truth, well, the truth is always the, the, you know, we believe as Catholics that, you know, we have doctrines and dogmas that have been established by popes in union with their bishops, the magisterium of the church. And these things have been clearly established and you can find them all in the catechism for the most part. And, you know, those are the things we should follow. Those are our truths. So if a leader comes along and says, well, and that's a, such an abuse of authority. Let's just say your local priest is saying from the pulpit on a Sunday, well, I don't follow this teaching. I don't follow that teaching. And I think this sin is okay. And, and et cetera. Well, all right. He's abusing his authority. He's, his authority now is moving in the opposite direction and he's doing harm to his people. So truth is always the ultimate authority, but we still have to recognize our leaders as having authority that comes from almighty God. That priest in the pulpit might be saying horrible things and he loses some authority, you know, when he preaches lies, yet he still is able to consecrate the Eucharist. He's still able to forgive sins. There's still an authority there that he possesses. The Pope could say things that are wrong. Then again, I don't know. Did he say it? Was it the press that said it misquoting him? But, he still remains the Pope. There's still an authority there. So I know it can be very confusing. Um, I was going to give the positive side of this and then uh, call it a day. Um, there have been some wonderful, wonderful saints that had great authority and used the authority to spread the gospel tremendously and do so much good because their authority was working in tandem with um, you know, holiness and prayer 
and orthodoxy and making the right decisions and loving their people. And the two that I think of more than anything are St. Charles Borromeo and uh, a man who lived more recently who took Charles Borromeo as his patron saint, whose name originally was Carol and became Pope John Paul II. These men used their authority to its fullness. God worked through that authority. This is what Jesus is getting excited about in this reading. Uh, St. Charles Borromeo was living at a time of great corruption and no one had been, no bishop had been to Milan in a hundred years. And he was made the Cardinal Archbishop of Milan as a very young man. And they just expected him to stay in Rome and just, you know, just go to meetings and fill out paperwork and whatever, and, and continue to allow Milan to just, you know, falter. And what did he do? He went up there and he served the people with all his might, with all his heart. And it was during the Council of Trent when all these great reforms were being uh, spelled out by the church. And he in, um, he lived those reforms. He worked those reforms in Milan. He loved his priests. He loved his people. He took care of the poor. He used all the authority that was given to him as Cardinal Archbishop of the second most important diocese in the world to love his people. And as a result, the, the faith exploded in Milan and it caused a ripple effect all throughout Europe when they saw just, you know, because he did such a good job and was so loving and so prayerful and so good, then all of his priests followed suit and he loved his priests and he worked together with his priests. And even during the Black Plague, they were out in the streets ministering to the people. And it brought so much faith back to the church, faith in their leaders. He used his authority for the good. And he was he, he's the original guy that founded seminaries. So now he's founding seminaries and filling them up with young men becoming priests. And his diocese just grew and grew and grew. He was given great authority that had been abused by numerous people before him. And yet he used it in the right way. Then you have Pope John Paul, who, when he became a bishop, even when he became a priest, they were under uh, first Nazi occupation, then communist occupation. And he used his authority as bishop in Poland just to do so much good for so many people and just gently lead the people against their communist leaders, gently lead the people in the way of freedom and stand up to these oppressors. And then when he became pope, not only did his uh, not only did he use his authority ultimately to uh, take down communism in Eastern Europe. I mean, it had so much to do with him and his prayerful leadership of his own people, uh, but also by just traveling the world, especially with the World Youth Days that he did all over the world. Uh, you know, he used his authority. I mean, I witnessed it myself in Denver and then later in Toronto. When, you know, here is the vicar of Christ on earth and he's literally with us and there's millions of us there and he's with us and he's loving us and he's praying with us and he's laughing and joking with us and using that authority to get us excited about our faith to fall more deeply in love with Jesus. That is a good use of authority and he used it all over the world. You know, that's it's a great gift that he was given the charism of the papacy, but also all his personal gifts of, you know, holiness and intelligence, all his personal charisms and just bringing them to people like myself all over the world and just loving on us 
and teaching us and inspiring us and leading us closer to God. So this is the task for you and me. We each have been given authority over whatever. Maybe it's over uh, family members. Maybe it's over our own little, uh, I don't know, you know, our circle, our, our circle of friends, our involvement in our parishes or other things. Um, and, you know, the Lord wants us to use it. Wherever we are, whatever it is that we're doing, our Lord wants us to take advantage. And these are, this is in Vatican too, you know, take advantage of the situations that you find yourself in to evangelize. Evangelize through good example, evangelize through prayer, evangelize through sharing, pray over your friends, pray with your friends, pray for your friends. And we claim the authority of Jesus Christ over everywhere we go, over the ground, over the buildings, over the people. This is how we defeat the evil one. We bring Jesus everywhere and we claim it all for him and for his father. This is how we use our authority that we have been given. And like I say, Jesus loves this. This is how it all works. And uh, this is why Jesus died on the cross to conquer so that all could be brought into the kingdom of the heavenly father. Have a great day. God bless you.